It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Welcome to the bloodandmud.com podcast, episode 101. I am Lee Calvert, the editor, owner, supplier, and general overlord of bloodandmud.com. Pimp. Yeah. Of, yeah. Of the world's worst stable, if you're going to go down that road. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, am I, I don't mean you, I mean, I mean my blog. I don't mean okay. you. I feel um, like I've been sort of absorbed into your, your greater <laughs> brand, so I... He's not. He's, I'm not on the game, by the way. Yeah. At least, at least not touting me. Um, although I am available to other podcasts. Yeah. Gators, bitches, but we're wearing jimmies, etc. Um, <laughs> the um, I, I don't uh, like how that started at all. I do apologise, everybody. No. Anyway, I am Lee Cal. Very weird. And joining me over there, as usual, is uh, Josh Gardner of RugbyShirtWatch.com. And if you thought that after a hundred episodes, this podcast would get less stupid, <laughs> boy. I think I hope that we yeah. have put those concerns to rest. Right. Um, that was a quote from the other guys, by the way. I wasn't assuming. Yes, a, I wasn't assuming was. an alter ego or anything. Um, in keeping with the title of this podcast, as in Pod One Hundred and One, um, I'd like to give those of you who are new to the pod, and I know there are some people who are new to the pod, a chance to actually learn, as in yeah. BloodandMud.com Lesson One Hundred and One. Let's give yes, you some basics. Those, are those who haven't been scared off by that incredibly Yeah, indeed. Weird. You're still with us. Yeah. The three of yeah. you are still with us. Here's, here's <laughs> 101. First of all, we adore rugby, but we can get endlessly frustrated by it a lot of the time. So if you're new, yes, get 
basically that's not going to change so get used to it we love rugby but that doesn't mean we like it all the time yeah indeed yeah but we you know i wish i could find a way of quitting you and all that indeed. but uh we generally tend to take the piss we make no apologies yeah. about that that's kind of what yeah. we're here for if you don't like that and you know you think it's disrespectful then you know those of you who've been around for a while are probably well on board with that already we have pro northern daily mirror style views Apparently so. As a reviewer once got very upset about when saying how terrible we were. <laughs> Still la- my favourite review e- ever. Literally my favourite thing ever. anyone's ever of said anything. about me ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, even though he's laughing now, Josh is miserable a lot of the time. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the reason I'm not miserable this weekend is that the snow meant that none of my teams could lose and Wales weren't playing. <laughs> so he, he must be very pleased. That it was brilliant. My favourite weekend ever. <laughs> Um, I do songs and dodgy impressions some of the time, so brace yes. yourself for that. We love, for no particular reason or for all kinds of different reasons, we love Baptiste Saran, Hamish Watson, Samson Lee, Ross Moriarty, Matteo Minotti, and also I love Johnny May. And don't forget Ali Brew. Ali Brew, of course. How could I forget Ali Brew? How could I forget Ali Brew? We have Our co- Lord and Saviour, Ali Brew. Our Lord and Saviour, Ali Brew. We have, say, <laughs> say it once and there's music playing. He, um, <laughs> we have created not one but two impenetrable long-running cup competitions, more of which yes. later. And the shit good ratings, which we always have, are our greatest contributions to modern discourse. Yes, obviously. And, and finally, by and large, it's going terribly. It is going terribly. So that yeah. is basically what you're in store for when you come along here. Yeah. Rugby with all of that. Yeah. You can get in touch with the pod, me at Blood and Mud or Lee at bloodandmud.com and there's the the, the, the the blog that I've already referred to as some kind of, you know, after hours red light type setup, but it's not really. It's just a, a rugby blog that I occasionally I say occasionally, I hardly write on it at all anymore. I don't have the mental energy. After He's talking, too big for that now. After He's talking crazy. to you for an hour, I've got no energy left. How do people get in touch with you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner or at Rugby Shirt Watch on Twitter, uh, rugbyshirtwatch.com, obviously. Uh, and yeah, that's about it. We're on ACAST, we're on iTunes, and anywhere else where pods are sold, rented, leased out, etc., etc. You're obsessed with renting. I don't know, it's terrible, isn't it? I need to get yeah. off this chair. I'm just going to go, out, I don't know, walk out the room and, I don't know, dip my <laughs> head in something. I mean, yeah. I don't know why you're wearing that massive fur coat either, but I mean, it's. <laughs> it's the bubbins influence. <laughs> <laughs> the fur coat bit, not the other bit, before anybody no. says anything. No, right, although he so, did do the pod in his pants last week. So, Yeah, coming up, we have uh, the some news, what we've learned from the weekend. We've got a massive update on the on the Challenge Cup, speaking of impenetrable cup Oh, yes. We've got Six Nations midterm reports, and then we'll finish, as we always do, with play it with shit good. But we always start, another part of the 101 lesson, with a player spotted, where we ask people to send in spottings, mundane spottings preferably, of players while they've been out and about. First Essentially, of all, yeah, we won't had, read them if they're interesting. Yeah, God we've, no. had, we've had quite a few of these now. I'm having to sort of like invoke Operation Stack, like the trucks <laughs> on the M2. I'm having to like, cause, but please do keep them coming in because it gives us plenty yeah. to choose from. But Imagine your sort of suggestions are backed up on a motorway outside Dover and that's us. Yeah, and being mentioned on Radio 2 to avoid the area, that kind of thing. Yeah. Will Livesey got in touch via direct message on Twitter, and he said, "A few years ago, I was coming home from the University of she- from University in Sheffield. I assume it is the University of Sheffield, but it could be the, well, the other one, the crap one, Sheffield Hallam, is it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I went to a crap uni, so you know, I'm not going to go with you. The journey involved a change at Reading, 
As I was changing platform, I saw a bloke on the other side of the tracks with long shaggy hair and wearing shorts, flip-flops and a Harlequin's hoodie. Are you, do, you, do you want to guess now who this is? I know exactly who this is. <laughs> with a big kit bag over one shoulder. Bearing in mind I was coming home for Christmas, the temperatures was not much above freezing, so I thought this was slightly odd. God, I love him. He looked to be concentrating hard on the phone, but briefly looked up and I realised it was none other than Adam Jones. Of course it was. The shorts and flip-flops then made sense, although I was confused as to why he was not with the rest of the squad as Quinns were playing later that day. He keeps his own clock. He does. He makes his own rules. By that point, yeah. he didn't care anymore, did he, Adam? As soon as I heard the words flip-flops, I was like, that's definitely Adam Jones. <laughs> Is he renowned for flip-flops? I didn't know that. Is that what he does saying? seem to enjoy wearing shorts and flip-flops in entirely inappropriate weather. In fact, he did a thing... He did some sort of like press shoot charity launch thing at the Arms Park about six months ago, and like everybody turned up to have their photos taken, and there's Adam wearing shorts, flip flops, and a Harlequin's training hoodie. It's like literally, <laughs> the man just pulls on whatever the fuck is within reach. Whatever he hasn't reach. had to pay for. I don't buy clothes. I just wear stuff that people have given to me. Yeah, and that's that's living the dream as far as I'm concerned. Just yeah. Right then, that was the player spotted. Thank you. You can send your player spotted to Twitter at Blood and Mud or on the direct messages and also on Lee at Blood and Mud.com. And you can, sometimes they come through to Josh, but he just ignores them. So I advise you not to send them. There. Yeah, massively. I, 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 I would rather not be on Twitter. So, yeah. Just... <laughs> so, should we talk about some news? Has there been any news this week? There's been some odd news. First which of all. Is, well, I think you're going to say what I'm going to say. Go on then. Which you is this then. whole weird harlequins new zealand rugby fucking marriage can we make a compound noun out of it it only works really blacker quins yeah all the quins that looks better that works better blarlequins (laughs) (laughs) or hall blacks hall blacks that works hall blacks yeah (laughs) you still have to sound like you you, something's gone down the wrong way all hall blacks are the quins it sounds it's like probably, a Harry Potter character. It does a little bit, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so, as I understand it, the All Blacks have got a link together with Harlequins. Yes. Kind of official thing. Yeah. Where their players can come across during what wouldn't normally be allowed. Because the All Blacks famously aren't allowed to leave New Zealand or they don't get picked, do they? So they'll get no. the blessing of the All Blacks to come over. And they're working with Harlequins and the All Blacks can oversee... That they're being fed properly and not just eating like Domino's pizza if, like Piri yeah. when he came over. Stuff it's, like that. It's effectively, yeah, and they're not literally in the pub all day like Jerry Collins was. Um, <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace, you fucking incredibly wonderful man. Um, it's basically New Zealand rugby accepting the reality of the situation, isn't it? Yes. It's they're looking Lima at... Sopawanga, it was like, oh, right, okay. Oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> this whole all-black jersey thing. Is not nearly as tempting for players that aren't starting for the All Blacks every time. So basically, what they've said is that, like, players who'd go on sabbatical, as is often the case, like Dan Carter and Richie McCaw and various other players have done in the past, um, can go on sabbatical to Quinns. I'm guessing who are that's conveniently it. who are conveniently also sponsored by Adidas. I'm pretty sure that's got an awful lot to do with it. Adidas is denying all knowledge. But they would, wouldn't they? Of course they are. Yeah, it's definitely something to do with that. Um, so who therefore, who pays their wages? Well, I would imagine that Quinns pay the wages, but 
it, you know, a standard Premiership salary is still probably a lot more than what, you know, especially if it's not they they don't give those marquee player things to anyone, do they? So, hmm. you know, it's going to be a Bowden Barrett or it's going to be a, you know, a Sam Kane or a Sonny Bill Williams or something like that, and they're basically ensuring that. <coughs> they still have a measure of control and input into what these players are doing so that they don't totally lose touch with them. They're still all seen in Adidas gear all the time, which is helpful from a marketing point of view. And there's supposed to be an exchange of players, you know, that Quinn's players can apparently go down and play for, you know, super rugby teams or provincial rugby teams. Ah, and ah, their coaches, Yeah, which yeah, ones? Well, which team yeah. will they get into? <laughs> That's the thing. I imagine they'll probably, you know... Oh, the Crusaders the are screaming for Danny, Danny Kerr, aren't they? Yeah, Chris Robshaw is going to start at seven for the game. He'll be cleaning up for yeah. the games, literally yeah. cleaning up. The uh, what will be funny? Is they the might shed. send Geordie yeah. Barrett over, who will then kind of replace Mike Brown in World Cup year. Yeah, because that could be realistically happen, couldn't it? It would be fucking hilarious. But um, yeah, I, is it, what's interesting is that this is the the most recent attempt that everybody else just sort of. Uh, unions trying to think of creative ways to stop English rugby ruining rugby for everyone. <laughs> so the Premiership has got more money than it should have. See, I don't know why they don't understand that English rugby does a very good job of ruining it itself on a, on a cyclical <laughs> basis. Why yeah. people are worried about it this much, I do not know. Other than the I fact that they're stealing children from Wales, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've been doing that for a very long time. Water and children. That's the two main things that they've been stealing <laughs> oh, of late. A little bit of politics, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Hey. Um, yeah, I think that... Because Scotland wanted to buy... The SIU tried to buy Gloucester. Not, Don't forget. So, did, that yeah. they, so that they could have some a team where they could basically put all the Scottish exiles and still have and still have a, a measure of control over them but then could pay them premiership money because they were getting a slice of the premiership money pie um someone in the guardian today has said that rugby australia should buy a european team and basically use it in the same way and the all black you know for years let's face it saracens was effectively that for south africa it's not so much anymore because it's mm become a different thing now what the... but for, for years it was you know basically where south african players went to retire and still is to an extent but it, kind it of makes all for me on some yeah, level it's... in that it's a kind of it's i mean you know the all blacks are great of course they are but mm. this kind of you know leading english club almost taking the crumbs from their table on an official level like a contracted crumb giving scenario <laughs> Seems a little bit. Do you know what I mean? It's like I mean to come back to your point about English rugby and the Viva Premiership being the best league in the world and all that. You know their mm. own press release, etc. That doesn't really square with. Oh, and we'll just take a player for three months because you know you, you're gracious enough to give it to us. And also, it's that idea that somebody with an all black tracksuit on with a clipboard will come around going, "Oh yes, well your physio tables are acceptable. Yes, that's fine." And so it's, it's, and it's like you know what? It's like you know what, mate? Fuck off. <laughs> It's I really weird. don't want it, it, Bowden Barrett for three months that much. It yeah. is a bit of a weird one, isn't it? It's like, are they really... Like, how deep is this thing going to go? Is, is it... You know, because it seems mad to me. Like, genuinely quite mad. <laughs> so... Yeah. But it could work. What I other, mean, what other premiership teams are sponsored by Adidas? 
Uh, none. That is the thing. Yeah, uh, right. However, Stadar, aren't they? They used to be. They're, As- they're oh, right. Asics these days. However, and that's the thing. They haven't got a team in. Adidas haven't got a team in France at the moment, and they're about to lose the French national team. So, you do wonder if they might get some. They might, you know, because if why 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 stop with Harlequins? You know, they've got a very you know Munster are an Adidas team. Leinster are about to be an Adidas team. Are they? All right. Yeah. Well, Why, you know, if the next and, two teams off the rank are those teams, we'll know it is all about Adidas, won't we? At the minute, it's, yeah. it's a bit conjectury, but yeah, it's, uh... oh, it's blatantly not hurting the situation. In the same way that when Dan Carter came up to um, to originally play for whatever it was, Perpignan, it was Perpignan then, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, uh, there was something about Adidas were fine with him playing for a team that was sponsored by a shit brand like Area or whatever that they didn't see as a competitor, but they didn't want him playing for Toulouse and wearing Nike. Is that true? That was a rumour that I heard at the time. I don't wow. know if there's any truth in it, but... Well, I mean, let's Dan just Carter accept is... that it is. There's nothing wrong with doing yeah. that, is there? Dan Carter is Mr. Adidas, so it, it had a ring of truth. But, you know, it well, could work. Like, Harlequins have been well... spending lots of money and getting fucking no return for it for quite some time. And maybe they just they've just gone. You know what? We're fucking terrible at this. We can't recruit anybody good. Everything just seems to not work out. Let's just see if the All Blacks can fix it. Hmm. And to be honest with you, if somebody told me the the Ospreys were going to do that tomorrow, I would literally be dancing in the streets. So, <laughs> I mean, Quinns fans would be fucking delighted. And what a sight! What a sight! Yes, they, they may have dropped their gin and tonics, but the um. <laughs> Right, we're so already that's... all in black. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, Bowden Barrett. Yeah, so there you go. That's the All Blacks Harlequins. We'll see how it goes. I suppose. We'll yeah, see how it goes. The, it's uh... an interesting idea. I don't think it's a good idea, but we'll see. What's, what's it? The yes minister thing when he saw say to him, "It's a very brave decision, minister." He go, "Oh, oh, is it? Oh shit! Why?" Because <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst thing that could be said. Anyway, yeah. yeah so you saying it's an interesting idea is probably equivalent to that. Yes, it is. What are the news that we got? John Hardy's back. Yes. After his uh, Colombian his, marching powder his, ban. Yeah. We've actually got a load of players coming back this week, Scotland. We'll touch on this a bit later on, I suppose. But um, yeah. Yeah, but none of them will be quite as energetic as John Hardy. Let's no, be they honest. won't. But only twenty-minute bursts. He is pumped. And <laughs> um, yeah, so he's yeah. back. Yeah. What are the news that we got? Anything? Uh, E.I. Walker's retired, which oh, is quite was a sad. shame, wasn't it? It is sad because he lad. had proper test level talent. He only had that one cap for Wales, but he was the best. And it was it a World Cup warm up against Ireland, I think it was. It was a, it a terrible game. I was at that game, and he was by a country mile the best Wales player on the pitch and looked fucking electric and then got injured. Is he Nigel's lad? <laughs> uh, no. He's no relation at all. No, I don't think so. Right. Or maybe he is. I've not heard that anyway, but um, he is—he was really good when he was fit. He had proper test talent, proper test test pace. But fucking hell, injuries, man! It's bo- it's boring to say like guess boring talk. We we could come on here every week and talk about good players what have retired young, hmm. because there seems to be one at least every week, and it's all a bit sad. Well, the thing is, but, I think it happened quite a lot before, but in the pre-professional oh, days, I don't think people pay much attention, do they? But it's, uh... Oh, no. There wasn't, like, announcements on social media and such. Yeah, oh, indeed. No, but although, it is, it fair, is a shame. Indeed, although I don't think he'll be uh, 
too short of work in his retirement because he's been doing a bit of professional modelling on the side. So, right. you know. That's nice to fall back on, isn't it? <laughs> it's nice to have a trade to fall back on, isn't it? Like, profession being incredibly handsome. Speaking of Wales, um, what's happened today before we came on was um, that the WRU's changes that the 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 big boss wanted to put to do with being oh, completely fuck. kicked out by the people who'd have to vote to lose their own jobs. Yes, price can we price. save this for my shit? Because I yes, feel a little fine. mini rant. Okay. I feel a mini rant coming on. We will do that then. So yes. there you go. So that's a, a bit of news. Any more news before we move on? Um, I think that's probably all of the news in the world, isn't it? Right, that'll do. There's yeah. probably more, but you know what you're going to do. Well, fuck it. Who cares? Who cares? There is no more news. So we move on to what we learned from the weekend. Yes. Yes, let's do that. Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't learn a lot from the weekend because there was fucking nothing. Not because much we Because weather. That's what one of the things that I learned. Snow cancelling every single game in Wales, Ireland and Scotland leaves for a, quite a hard... It's going to be quite hard to fill up an hour of rugby podcasting with five Aviva Premiership games and two South African Pro 14 <laughs> oh, games. Have you learned nothing? I mean, I say that, but I know we'll still be here in an hour and a half. Another thing, uh, Blood and Mud 101 lesson is, is that every week we tend to be under an hour and every week we're over it. <laughs> I'm sure we're already a half hour in, to we be honest. Are, but, um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. anyway, not? so, yeah, so, yeah, there was a lot of uh, shade being thrown at the Pro 14. See, though, I'm using young person's language there, being, oh, being thrown oh, at the Pro oh. 14 for not getting games on. I'm assuming it's because everybody flies. Yeah, that's the thing. Because it's a cross-border competition, the reason Ospreys didn't play Zebra on the weekend was because they had to fly out on Thursday night from Bristol. And Never gonna I'll, I can, I'll level with you. Bristol on Thursday night was not a very fun place to be. <laughs> and for, for a variety of reasons, particularly the snow. Um, and yeah, when you've got, you know, you can't just get on a fucking... It's not like some of the Premier where, you know, if the bus can't come today, well, we'll just try again tomorrow. It's like, these are flights. They're chartered. They've got to get bloody air traffic clearance. It's it's my, There's a uh, lot more logistical shit at work there. My daughter came in from... The school was closed, of course, last week. My daughter's 13, and we go to school with a number of Polish kids in it because it's Catholic school. And um, <laughs> she came home and said, some Polish lad in her year... <laughs> said, I can't believe what you like here in Britain. You close school when like there is like two centimetres of snow. <laughs> he was like totally unbelievably dismissive yeah. of our ability. Don't fucking to... knock it, mate. You got a day off. I know, yeah. But still it was <laughs> it was a pride thing. Yeah, and he's entirely right to be fair, although I didn't have to go to work on Friday or Thursday, so I was quite delighted by that. So was it my mate said, why is it all these people who can't drive to work can drive to a sledging location with their children? <laughs> Yeah, there is that, isn't it? So yeah, so the weather and that, but there was a full, <clears throat> pretty much full program of Premiership games, wasn't there? In the end, yeah, they all got played on. Because it was, wasn't it? well, it was the Push world's it most. A day. It was the world's most, you know, shortly stayed heavy snowfall in that it turned up on Thursday evening and was basically gone by Saturday afternoon. It literally did all melt in about an hour. It's really, yeah. it was really strange. It was so weird. <laughs> But, um, yeah, things I learned from that abbreviated premiership schedule yeah. are um, extra have had their wobble now. Yeah. And they would like you to know that they are not to be fucked with anymore. Please and thank you. Um, it, was, it was just really impressive that beating Saris is impressive enough. But especially so when 
you know, they did it with a, a team that was stock full of like younger players and sort of unheralded players in key positions. And it was a really impressive 23 man yeah. rugby effort. What which, I learned from know, that game as well, while we talk about that game and young players or youngish players, is that Luke Cowan Dickey is another hooker who is better than Dylan Hartley. Yeah, well, the list is long. The list is getting great, is growing. If it wasn't, I mean, if he wasn't on it already, it's definitely growing now. Yes, and you could probably add Tom Cruise, not that one. No, uh, which is is the thing that you always have to say when you say Tom Cruise. Um, Do you remember when he found yeah. out that Tom Cruise's great great grandfather was from Flint in North Wales, which is where I live? Were they incredibly excited? Oh, about the, that? the mayor of Flint was like turning somersaults, going, "I'm hopeful he'd like to come and meet his, you know, to come to his ancestral home and stuff." But what did he's, make, got, he's never coming, mate. He's never coming. But what it did, it did make me realize, realize is if his family had stayed here, he'd probably be called Tom the Films, wouldn't he? Yes. Tom the Pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Hollywood Tom. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> literally. Yeah. So, what else did we learn from the weekend? Um, uh, I. Oh, carry on. Zach Mercer has done his prospects no prob- trouble whatsoever, given the fact Hell that everything nah. we talked about last week was a lack of dynamism with England in the back row. Yeah. Well, there were two fairly compelling adverts for dynamism in the back row on show on Sunday, weren't there? We had Sam Simmons back from injury and just going full fucking, yes. I'm going to do everything, man. And then we had Zach Mercer just, again, doing full... I'm going to do everything, man. His fucking that tackle. Um, oh, the 80 minute one on Marcus Smith. That one. 88 meter, like the move over like, that Underhill tackle was incredible. Hmm. But I honestly think that Mercer's one was better purely for starters. Smith starts running in the right direction, five yards out from his own line, having just come on the field and as a fly half and 18 years old. Zach Mercer, it was the 79th minute. Zach Mercer had started that game. So he'd had 80 minutes of test rugby behind him playing six. And not only chased him down 88 metres later, having had to turn around and run, but then somehow fucking bungled him into touch as well. Like, and given that the game was over, like it was the 79th minute, Quinns had already won that game. Well won it, yeah. And it was just a pure, just like fuck you. I'm not gonna, like, I'm not gonna let this be worse, even worse. It didn't have any impact on the result. He could have just let him score. It was a, imagine, you know, he he ran that fast purely on pride. Yeah, it was ply, athleticism, will, and just fucking bloody mindedness of no, you're not gonna fucking score another one, and yeah, massively impressive. But I also think that. I think, do think Marcus Smith slowed down a bit towards the end because he's not allowed to run that far away from the grown-ups. <laughs> so he actually did slow down a bit in his defence. He, he did that thing if he realised he didn't have his training wheels on and all of a sudden shat himself. Oh no, my dad's let go of the seat 50 metres back, yeah. So um, Yes, these Marcus Smiths being a little baby jokes are going to yeah. continue until he grows some sort of facial hair, exactly. I'm afraid. So yeah, he might never grow facial hair. He might be a little. Yeah, there or he we might go take then. till his forties, like Gary Lineker. And I'm sure he sticks <laughs> well, it on. Well, then there we have it. I'm sorry, Marcus, but this is your lot in life. And um, yeah, genuinely incredible, Amazing. hell of a performance. Yeah, and just I uh, rapidly, I don't have a great deal of love for English flankers as a rule, but if you told me that a, a back row of 
one of the England eights that they have at their disposal and Sam Underhill and Guy Mercer, as that Mercer rather, were... Not Guy Mercer, be... we don't want him. No, fuck no. <laughs> even the Ospreys don't want that fucker. I can't fucker. even get a fucking game for the Ospreys. Yeah. Um, yeah, if it was those Underhill, Mercer and ideally Billy Vinopola, what a fucking back row that would be. That would be ridiculous. I could yeah. live with that. That would be just all court fun, it which would. is why Eddie Jones will never ever pick it. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to have a miserable fucking grafter in there somewhere. Yeah, whose name is Chris Robshaw? Because we know nothing about it. Yeah, and he's twenty-four years <laughs> Yeah. What else have we learned for the? Speaking of Eddie, we did learn that you know he shouldn't travel in public transport. Yeah, that was, anyway. That was a bit of a unsavoury moment, but dick, dick bags are everywhere. You We've know, all been on a train with bellends, haven't we? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> I've got to get on a train on Wednesday. There'll probably be loads of bellends on there. I was on a train so when I got a train to Edinburgh, so actually with my lad, and there was a, a big gang of scousers across two table seats. And they kept doing that thing where they were putting music on on their phone. With like oh, tinny that is speakers. one, of, that is one of the first up against the wall crimes as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. I mean, they were just having a chat and getting a bit... But it was just like, why do you think the whole carriage wants to listen to fucking Ed Sheeran as well. That's the other thing. Fucking Ed oh, Sheeran, Jesus. by the way. Not exactly party music, is it? But yeah, we've all it's... been there. And yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were dickheads. Cunts on trains. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a fact of life. With Samuel like... L. Jackson, yeah. Yeah, were they being absolute pricks? Yes. Should Eddie have punched one of them in the face? Maybe. I would have enjoyed that. But, you know, I, I think the hand-wringing moralising oh, is... Well. Yes, it's typical as per, of uh, as yeah. per usual. <laughs> it's gone a bit out of control. It's going over the top, isn't it? And it was quite funny that they kept shouting "You baldy cunt" at him repeatedly, which wasn't very well, nice, yeah. but it was quite no. funny. It was quite funny because <laughs> <laughs> he was quite and he's drunk in a funny accent, so it just made me yeah, laugh. It's not fun. It's not. It's big. not funny. It's not clever. It it's funny. not big. It's not clever, but it is funny. I don't want to say it so... happened again, but I couldn't help but giggle. Yes. It's like fights on a rugby field. This shouldn't really be happening, but this is the yeah. best thing I've ever seen. Well, that's the difference between reality and if, and what everyone's supposed to say. Because when commentator, there's a fight on the rugby field, commentators are, oh, that's, nobody wants to see that in the game. Whereas every fan that's watching it is saying, yeah, that's exactly what I see <laughs> yeah. it. Want to see it? The game. It's great. Best bit of the game. I'm going home. Now. Yeah, yeah. And equally. You know, we're all supposed to say, "Oh, it's unacceptable," and it is. And unacceptable. it is unacceptable, but and it was. It was. They were kind of laughing a bit, can you? <laughs> but it was a bit funny at places. Absolutely. So you know. Anyway, uh, I do think I was a bit pissed off that people somehow said that it's Eddie's fault because he sometimes gets a bit arsy in press conferences. Yeah, that was a, bit a big strong. gang it's of like, drunken twats having yeah, a go at him no, outside a railway he station. He doesn't deserve it, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't a little tiny bit funny. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, did you learn anything um, else? Um, I learned that Newcastle could well make the playoffs. They could. They've got five games left. They're in fourth place. And they've got Sale, Worcester and Northampton to come in those five games. Now, it's not... It's not... You know, it's not a dead cert, but it's it's doable. And fuck me, two years ago, could you imagine us being in a situation where we're talking about Newcastle getting yeah. a top four place. Like, I saw a tweet from Alex Shaw, so I won't pretend this is my uh, thing that I thought of. It was him, and he's a very perceptive young man. And he said, um, he said a lot of people talk about Exeter being the club everyone should 
look up to and very well mm. run, etc. Et but Exeter don't really have any football competition. They've got a purpose-built stadium that's been paid yeah. for and all of that. I mean, we should not say what they've done as <laughs> the racism yeah. as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, Whereas Newcastle have to compete with Newcastle United, they have to somehow, they're miles away from anywhere. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's not exactly a heartland. No. So, you and know, it's, it's something to be said. Got... He's, he's right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all know that joke shop connoisseur Dean Richards is a fucking nasty piece of work. Yes. And a walking example of why people were quite right not to trust coppers in the 1980s. <laughs> but, like, Fair he's news. undeniably a good coach. And he's done a huge, like, on the quiet... He's built something really impressive, and look, they haven't been too many flashy sign-ins. They haven't splashed no. the cash too much. They've just quietly and sensibly spent like they've money got, on yeah. good players. And they've got and some build... real fucking hard nuggety bastards. Yeah, he's, in he's... the pack. Well, you know, who'd have thought he'd be able to pick such a player <laughs> from a lineup? You know, but um, I mean, they've just today yeah. they've announced that Juan Pablo Sosino's gone to Edinburgh. <laughs> Which yes, is amazing because he's a very, very, very good player. Yeah, and he's and... quietly just been let go, which is no offense to him. I don't think he's obviously just says a lot about no. what they're bringing. They've just gone. There. All right, yeah, fine. Well, you know, players that they've signed that have been fucking brilliant for them. This is Josh Matavesi, who's fantastic on the weekend again. You know, they weren't like. There weren't yeah. that many people particularly crying hot salty tears about him going. Donovan was the a very good signing. Very good signing. That was the only time that I've really raised my eyebrows and gone, fucking hell, he's gone there. But everyone else, like when Matavesi went to Newcastle, I was like, oh, fair enough, payday. But no, he is... But players like you know, Hammersley and stuff are just yeah. quietly being as good as they need to be. Do you know what I mean? Not, nothing... And I suppose there's something... Because I actually had a bit of a... Because I'm getting this £10 a week off Leo Vegas to be in this league thing. Yeah. And I... Um, I backed Newcastle to win at the weekend because I looked at it and I thought they've got no international absences really. They're a decent run yeah, of form, so they don't true. have to deal with that anymore, do they? So actually, this is no. where it's no great surprise they're picking up points at the moment because they're playing pretty well anyway, and then yeah. loads of other teams lose all their players. So for them to go to Gloucester and win, they've had I mean, some, they've had some good away. They, they won at Bath as well earlier in the season, again yeah. by a point as well. I think they beat Gloucester by a point this weekend. They, they won at Bath by they, a point. They've got a knack of closing out these, and it's the sort of thing that, like, Exeter used to do. You know, like Exeter used to not have any international players, and so could steam through and build a bit of momentum going into the end of the series, like at yeah. the series season. Um, and they're in the same position. They don't have to worry about anybody fucking off during the Six Nations. They can just build momentum now, you know, effectively from January all the way through to the end of the season. They can just keep going on, keep with the same small squad of players that they've got and build a proper really... Whereas teams like Saracens, teams like Quinns, teams mm. like Saints, Exeter, Wasps, you know, they've got, to, they've got to integrate these players back into the setup and the blah, 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 it's all that stuff. They don't have to worry about that shit. They've so just got look, to play rugby. If you look at that bat line he had, Newcastle the weekend, Hammersley, Gonover, yeah. Chris Harris, who, of course, had a terrible time against um, Wales, but he's gone back to Newcastle where he's perfectly adequate. Massivesi <laughs> at 12. Sinotti, yeah. Sinotti. So good they named yeah. him twice, etc. Um, <laughs> you know, Mickey, Mickey Young. It's Yeah. It's, it's, they've got, like you said, they've got a good mix of like horrible bastards 
and mm. really f- skillful flair players. Yeah. And it's it's just a really good blend. I don't know why more play- teams don't try and do that. Like, And Maxime Moses is on the bench, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Remember <laughs> forget, him? Forget, that's from why yeah. Cicino's been let go. <laughs> anyway, yeah. what else did we learn from the weekend, apart from the fact that Newcastle are doing really well? Um, uh, Alan Gaffney on. doesn't mm. understand international windows. Slash Alan Gaffney is a bit of a shit house. He's a bit of a shit house. I but however you have to remember that Alan Gaffney is, I think, hundred and forty seven years old. That is true. So he probably actually couldn't remember who George North was and tried to cover that up by being angry yeah. about him. Well it's like fair enough. <laughs> Somebody asked him about it. Yeah. But like regardless of whether he's been informed of this gentleman's agreement that the Saints have with George North, um, or not, like questioning the commitment of a player, A, of North stature and experience, and B, one who's fucking put his body on the line and suffered quite badly for it in a Saints shirt on numerous occasions, uh, is fucking Bush League shit, isn't it? Yeah. It's just, like, he didn't have to hide, like, all you can do is just say, like, I want to talk about the players that's here, or whatever, or something like yeah. that, or it's not about George North, it's about the fact that we were fucking shit, because we <laughs> Now that's what uh, he should have said. Those exact yeah. words. Yeah. Well, instead, he just tries to basically palm another fucking disgraceful Saints performance on the fact that George North wasn't there because George North is never there during the Six Nations because he's got an agreement with Saints and had with Jim Mallinder to not play during the international windows you know, it's, you know it's, I was trying with the idea of doing it and another Malander sketch with George North being around there having custard creams with him yeah because that's probably where he could have been but I didn't have time so there you go you'll have to just make that up yourselves <laughs> yeah just just hum something to yourself quietly and then <laughs> you know just like that sort of weird bleak music that he always puts on the back of it and then just put imagine him saying bleak things about biscuits in, yeah, a, yeah. in a northern voice because that's basically how he, that's, that's there you go Josh has cracked it that's what, that's what I do so <laughs> I've got you down, mate. I've got you absolutely down. <laughs> yeah, so it was completely out of order. I, there's no, no matter how many times you kind of think about it and try and work your way around it, there's no way to understand why he did it. It's just odd. It's just Unless he knows he's gone out the door and he doesn't give a shit no more. Well, that's the thing. It's like, also, yeah, he knows North's leaving at the end of the season. Well, so, so is he. he he's basically... only there for a... a... Yeah, yeah. It's that's weird. So well, apparently he doesn't know if he's even going to make it to the end of the season. Maybe it's a scorched earth pack. policy. He's just going to Maybe. set fire to everything on his way out. No, well, I mean, if there is one way to guarantee that you're going to be fondly remembered by the Saints fans, it's just to slag everybody off <laughs> while losing all of your games. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that was that. Did you learn anything else? Uh, I learned that uh, genuinely, and I'm I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but like the South African teams in the Pro 14 could be a force next year. Like mm. this, it's easy to forget they have been playing now for over a year without a break. <laughs> they start like Super Rugby started again two weeks ago, which a year pent was when all the, like, there was a time before this season started, but yes, I can't remember it. I can't now. remember it. <laughs> Greybeard at the back can tell you. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> It was a yeah, dark honestly. night. Somewhere an owl hooted. <laughs> a rugby ball came out of the sky. Yes. No, and, and, you know, they lost most of their good players before they even entered the Pro 14. But, like, once the playing field's a bit more level and they're having breaks and they can sign some people, like, I think they could actually be quite good. Like, the Cheetahs have certainly given them, so, you know, they've, they've 
done very well, given their they resources. They play some lovely, lovely, lovely they rugby. They really do as well, and a different kind of rugby. Yeah, and there's something about that lack of relegation which perhaps allows that to flourish a little bit more. Yeah. This is how we want to play our rugby, and this is the end of it. Well, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, they always had a threat of relegation hanging over them in Super Rugby, whereas now they've been relegated. They're free to just do whatever <laughs> they want right to do. laugh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they play particularly well. The Yeah. One thing, I, before we move on, I'll say the one mm. thing linked to that that I learned is that Connacht and the Dragons will very much wish that it was winter in the Southern Hemisphere <laughs> this weekend. Because <laughs> unfortunately, unlike the rest of their league, they did have to go and play in the balmy South African uh, climate. Yes, and they had a lovely time. And Connacht lost by a point, to be fair. I don't think there's any disgrace yeah. going to the Cheetahs and losing by a point. However... Mm. While we're talking, while we're using the word disgrace, oh. when I put the shit good uh, text out today to ask the the number, the volume of people who came back to talk about the dragons, so we might as well move on and talk about the challenged cup. The challenged cup. Oh, dragons! Dragons, a shit watch. We were all talking, weren't we, about the kings going on an historic run? Yeah, you know. Having a vice-like, the, the cup you know, would never be rested from the vice-like grip of the Kings. Haven't won a game since July. Half the team don't look like they're even professional standard. Came into the match with a points difference of minus 423. Boom! But if history's taught us anything, is that there are no depths of shit that the Dragons cannot plunge to. Oh, yes. And after Dragons this weekend, they should in... have seen it coming, though. Dragons going to Port Elizabeth to play the Kings during the Six Nations. Mm-hmm. That was like the most obvious That's loss true. ever. We should have we should have actually predicted it, shouldn't we? Yeah, um, a loss. Yes, we probably shouldn't, or indeed wouldn't have predicted the absolute fucking hammering <laughs> that the Kings dished out to the men from Newport in the second half. Like forty-five thirteen was the final score. Which six tries to one. The most garlic, the most galling thing, if you're a Dragons fan, probably, was that they led ten nil at one point, <laughs> and and they were they were ahead thirteen ten as late as the thirty ninth minute, and then somehow they shipped thirty two unanswered points to once again take the ship watch crown, acquainting themselves with a brand new trophy. You know, they held on to the Cup of Police on Cup for longer than anyone, was it, in the end? Yes, I think so. I'd have to go and look at I'd have to look at the spreadsheets, but I think yes, well. they probably did. <laughs> However, there's a very realistic possibility they could hold this now until at least September. We oh, stop saying stuff like that. We all know how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> do not try to predict No, we've done it. Do not try to predict the, chat? the gods it's, laugh yeah. at our folly. Yeah. I mean let's look at the dragons' upcoming fixtures, shall we? And let's see how this is going to go. So their next one is at home to the Cheetahs. All right. Mm. Then they are away to Treviso, mm. away to Zebra, mm. and then at home to the Scarlets. Actually, I think that's they're fucked for all of them. Well, I think they'll lose all those games, but equally, they could beat the Cheetahs at home because the Dragons are stupid this season. They could do. <laughs> they'll probably play well next week. Equally. Depending on how fucked Teresa or Zebra are about doing anything at this point, the end of the season, like they could well win either of those games. And equally, Scarlet's going to Rodney Parade last day of the season. If the Scarlet's got a playoff place 
sealed by that point, which they may well do, they could easily send a second string team up there. Who knows what could happen? Anything. Yeah, yeah. See you in the see you in September, basically. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So 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 the dragons is currently mired in the Mariana yes. trench of awfulness that is the Challenge Cup and the very real possibility they're going to keep it till September. Matt Cunningham, Sly Serrano, got in touch on Twitter, and he said, this was in shit, but I'm going to bring it in here. He said, after the optimism of the start of the season, do you remember that? Do you remember those days? The optimism of the new takeover oh, I do. and the new oh, pitch? I do. And yes. Bernard Jackman being all personable before he became a shit. Um, <laughs> dragons getting dicked by the Kings and coming under the watchful eye of shit watch yet again, yes. Also, calls to have Jackman sacked. Give him some time, for Christ's sake. He's not working with a Raphael-like finished article. That's true. I think he, he yeah, he has to be given a season at least. There does seem to be a total. I think it is the only job where you're just not accountable, though. It's a funny well, situation. It is a weird one for him, isn't it? Because he doesn't have any, like, yeah, he doesn't have any. What's he going to do? Like, he's already said half the players aren't going to fucking be there next year. It's funny. So <laughs> it's just a weird situation because there is. No, yeah, where do they... What do you do with the Dragons this season? Do you just write this one off? I think you probably do, don't you? Yeah, I think the Dragons fans... Well, I think they're just hoping... They'll take a little bit of improvement that came. Yes. And then when you when the kind of mist of that cleared and you realise it was just a big steaming pile of shit again, <laughs> you've got to hope that it gets a bit better next year, haven't you? Yeah, that's all you can do, I suppose. So that is the Challenge Cup. How long did yeah. the Kings have it for? I haven't been keeping a record of this, have you? Uh, not very long. Like, I mean, they haven't won a game since hadn't won a game since last July. But this is only about the fourth week they've had it. Yeah, I'll have to check, I'll check the dates, everyone. But yeah, it's, it's uh... funny that, isn't it? It's funny how these things work. As soon as we say things, this is, this happened to Treviso. They held yeah. it for about a month after we started the original yeah. Cuthbert Police yeah. and Cup. And after a month, was it Cardiff? They beat somebody ridiculous like that? Uh, they did beat Cardiff, yeah. Yeah. Or the Blues, if you prefer. I did love that a, a guy on Twitter, uh, Mark, before talking, bemoaning how terribly, it's, by and large, how terribly it's going for the Cardiff Blues. And he said the thing that he's most upset about for next season, that, they don't, that they're basically about to be kicked off their ground by the landlord. Yeah. They're losing the coach. Possibility yeah. that Malander's coming in. Yeah. But he said the thing that distresses him the most is that He's heard that Macron are going to do their kit next year. Yes, that is the rumour. <laughs> that's, that's the thing he's... Re- you know, at least, you know, rugby is what it is. However, that's just too much. Well, that's the thing. It's like, they've the, the thing, the problem with Cardiff fans and this whole situation is, is that, yes, they they quite literally have been talking about how they're going to have Adidas <laughs> once the Canterbury deal ends for about four years Adidas now. and All Blacks. <laughs> yeah. And now they're having Macron and their terrible stash that all the Scarlet's <laughs> Apart from the German Apart from kit. that Germany kit, exactly. Anyway, Remember, that was the Challenge Cup. It was. We'll keep you posted. Dragons fans, something else to look forward to when you're watching your team now is thinking the fact that they'll be holding on to this. Acast recommends... Podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna. 
talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Shall we talk Six Nations midterm reports? Yes. It's parents' evening. <laughs> We've invited the teams around to sit in front of us and say how little Johnny's doing. <laughs> um, do you want to kick off with? Uh, well, I, I do. You want me to? Do you really you want me to one. kick? Do you want me to kick off with Wales? Go on then. Do, do, do you want? Do you really want me to? I'll do England then. So England, what we're doing is what went well. What's going yes. well? That's not going so well. I've also said who's playing well and what the key players moving forward. Well, what's gone well for England? Set piece generally has gone all right. Yes. First well, phase... I mean, for a given value of. Yeah. First phase attack's gone all right. Yeah. Well, in very very isolated circumstances, yes. Yeah. Uh, the kicking game's gone all right. Very well, I'd say on a certain, yeah. in certain games, yeah. <laughs> What's not gone well? The breakdown? No, not at all. Really badly. Well, well in one of the games it went Well, really when it bad. went wrong, it went really, really wrong. And for me, that skews everything. Um, yeah. The outside channel defence has been very, very worrying, even against Italy. Yeah, really bad, actually. But I think and that is something them. to do with the fact that attacks are figuring out these tight pressing patterns. Yeah, but that's, well, a, that's a bigger issue. But what's also not going well? I didn't mean that. I forgot about it. <laughs> that's gone well, isn't it? Uh, oh yeah, uh, carrying the ball. Yeah, generally ball carrying not going well whatsoever. No, they're missing Big Billy, aren't they? They're massively oh. missing Big Billy, and it's the fact that there are so few others who can actually do it. Sam Simmons can carry in a different sort of way. Well, he's dynamic, isn't he? Mm. Pacey, and, but no yards after contact. Exciting, but no, he's not going to smash over the game line for you. And England kind of haven't really got anyone who does that. And that's as why we've as... got no time to create anything. And we're not no. even very good at creating when we have got time. So if no, we take that's the time you... away, then we've got real problems. You can only work off first phase ball because that's the only time where you, you can kind put everybody of where they're meant to be. Yeah. Mm. Dare I say it? They do kind of miss. A sort of Haskell-esque mm. grafter. Well, the thing is, yeah, you perhaps I don't think he carries over the game line that well, but I do think it says a lot when you want to bring back a thirty-two-year-old kind of just strong yeah. worker day sort. He of runs sort into of a problem. post very well, though. You've got to say, and he works yeah. hard, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. They just need some graft. Like they've got. I mean, they've got Robshaw doing grafting, I guess. But, but... it's the wrong kind of graft, isn't it? I mean, I don't mean that. Yeah. I mean, Rob, it sounds like, it's like that we're saying, I mean, England had a very bad game against Scotland, or Scotland had a very good game, whichever way you want to look at it. But before that, England were doing I'd all right. I'd say both. England were doing okay. You know, we're not that bad. Yeah. But this, I'm just saying, that's what's not gone to one. If we're going to move forward and play better, the breakdowns will get better, the outside channel defence has got to get better, and we've got to carry the yeah. ball better. Who's been playing well? 
Launcher has been playing well. Uh, yeah, he's making more of a mockery of the fact that he didn't go on the Lions tour, to be honest, by being comfortably England's best lock. Um, Farrell's playing pretty well with some caveats about yeah. his tackling, but he's still playing pretty well. Anthony Watson's doing all right. Yeah, I still wish he'd get a run of 15, but... Yeah. Well, what can you say? Key players moving forward. Danny Kerr. Yeah. Now, I don't think Danny Kerr's that great, but in terms of how the rest of this tournament's going to go, he needs to play pretty Very well. well. And not like he, he needs to be Scotland. good, Danny. He needs to be good, Danny, and not bad, Danny. Danny. Not bad, Danny. Not shit, Danny. Yeah. George Ford needs to, again, come out of his shell and learn how to play when the game's not going his way. Yeah. And I think the big key one is Sam Underhill. I he think needs they to need to be fit and he needs to be playing and he needs to be doing what he does. They need something else. You know, that back row balance is not right as is. And either they get two great... Like, you can't have Rob Shaw and Laws and a big lad. That doesn't work. So you either put Simmons back at eight to have some dynamism there. Well, I play France put... next. You've got the likes of Camera and stuff who are... Who are pretty dynamic and pretty athletic, athletic. people. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Actually, if he sticks with the same back row, I think he very well may do. But I think Underhill might start though. I think it's much better to push Rob Shaw back to six and bring Underhill in at seven. Talk. You can talk about his lack of experience as much as you want. It doesn't really matter. Just get him in there. Yeah. So there you go. That was well, England. Do you want to do Wales now? Yeah. Which, given that you're still well in, it was quite negative. Given that you're still well in a shout of the championship, by the way. But um, no, but I, well, I, I, don't, you know, I didn't. You disagree, can't, I didn't you can't dis- escape the fact that that's what needs to get better. I didn't disagree not, with the word. It's not of it. that like, we haven't like, known that for about a year. So. Yeah, I think England are getting worse, while the results are not getting that much worse. It's yes, weird. That's um, true. That's just a good way of putting it. Okay, that, so Wales then. Uh, I'll start with the goods because, you know, we all know that the negative is my natural home. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, what's good, I would say in fits and spurts, the attacking game has looked like it is actually making some sort of progress in that I understand what they're trying to do now. Whereas in the autumn, I had no fucking idea what the game plan was whatsoever. <laughs> true, yeah. Yeah. Whereas now I can look at what they're doing and I say, okay, fair enough. They've clearly got a game plan. You know, it's not perfect by any means. But Wales are scoring, except for that England game, you know, Wales have scored, what, eight tries in two games? Hmm. That's, or seven tries in two games, I should say. Um, that's. I think if they could just learn to mix reserve. it up a bit more. Yeah. It's just, we've talked about this a lot, but just if they could just stop firing it 15 metres to the number 10 all the yeah. time, they could mix it up a bit more between that 9 and 10 channel and around the rook. Yeah. Then do that thing that they've got much better at doing through parks and everything. Then mm. that would work. I think that comes with having good decision makers at halfback, um, which we'll get to. Mm. Um, I'd say another positive is that they've they've developed depth in key positions. Like Wales currently have, you know, probably two players in each position that I wouldn't be totally devastated by you wouldn't you wouldn't turn cold when they strip the tracksuit off to come on yeah and that's that's you know that's a weird feeling and particularly (laughs) with the with the world cup a year away now and how horrendously the injury bug bit us last time around like now wales can afford to lose half a dozen key players and they're gonna you know they'll be worse for it of course they will because there's definitely a drop off, but it's not as dramatic. A, you know, it's it's not the case anymore that 
we're bringing players through and I think, fuck me, I don't think this lad's got any future in bloody professional rugby, let alone test rugby. <laughs> and that's, you know, from where Wales were 10, 15 years ago, that's, yeah, you know, undeniably a good thing. Wales arguably now have two first-choice 15s that are both all right. <sighs> Neither of them are particularly as good as we'd like them to be, but it's, it's you know, it's moving in the right direction. Um. And the other good thing I'd say probably is the set piece. It's not been dominant, but it's been very solid. The line-out was always about half a second away from being a shambles. And yeah. that doesn't seem to happen anymore. No, now the line-out looks like... Now I no longer get nervous whenever Wales have a line-out because I think, you know, nine times out of ten, statistically speaking, Wales are going to get the, their own ball. Which yeah. is uh, it's not the Hugh Bennett weird... days anymore. Yeah, you get used to that weirdly quickly, but I don't. I do think that we should take time to appreciate that these things are as they are. Yes. Um, what's been bad though? Um, well, the breakdown has been a fucking disaster. Um, mm-hmm. in all three games, like the back rows played well in the loose, and they've they've shown up well with ball in hand. They've linked the play really well, but they're just missing the class and the physicality of Warburton or a Faletau or somebody to, you know, that Island game was a fucking disgrace at the breakdown. Mm. They should all of, they should be watching that video fucking ashamed of themselves because they just let Ireland, ha- they didn't get any ball because Ireland were winning every single collision and every single breakdown. And that shouldn't have be, ever happened. And, you know whether it's a player's thing, whether it's a technique thing, whether it's a a motivation thing. I don't know, but that's mm. got to be whether it's players or whether it's coaching. Something has hopefully happened in the last two weeks to try and correct that error. And I imagine that Falatau being back will probably not hurt that either. To Indeed. be honest, um, other things that have been bad, um, the form of key experienced players has not been good. Um, Dan Bigger, mm. Ross Moriarty, Liam Williams, Ken Owens, to be honest, has not been his usual boisterous self. Um, most of them, to be fair, do it's have... It's easy to forget that Moriarty's not that experienced. I know he went on the Lions too, no. but he's only yeah. a year into his international career. <laughs> no, that's it's true. Thing. And most of them do have injury-related excuses for why they're rusty or they don't look as good as they are, but there's a, sense, there's a bit of a growing sense that a lot of these players just shouldn't be being played if they're not fit and in form. Like, mm. get, uh, and that and that comes round to the biggest problem and slash issue with Wales in this tournament. And I think we still haven't got a fucking clue what our best fifteen is, and certainly we haven't got a clue what our best starting halfback combination is. <laughs> Gareth mm. Davis appears to be given the nine I think jersey. He's the nine now, isn't he? Yeah, but he is the nine. Which is a shame because he's a terrible decision maker and his kicking game is fucking appalling. But he is a live wire and you yeah. know he, he does good things as well as bad. He's no Reese Webb, but that fucking ship has sailed. Um, but yeah, we got two games left. We don't know who Wales should be starting at ten in the World Cup next year, which is alarming. Who would you, know? you start at ten? <laughs> I can't. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> and that is like. I see the merits of Dan Bigger for certain games, but he fucking took a shit with his clothes on against Ireland at, at many points. It wasn't all his fault, but fucking hell, he didn't do himself any favours. 
you know, Patchell took many shits with his clothes on against England, and Gareth Anscombe has only really shown very in ten minute. He's shown flashes game. of what people would like to see. He's like yeah. Bowden Barrett type flashes for but only about five when, minutes. Yeah. yeah, but only when the game's gone with ten minutes left. Yes. You know, he, he, so I would honestly give Anscombe the start against Italy because why not? And if he has a stinker, then give it back to Patchell against France. You know, go with a hot hand. Whoever whoever doesn't fuck it up enough to lose the shirt, just stick with him. Hmm. If Anscombe plays well enough to keep the shirt against France, let him keep the shirt and then let him keep the shirt until he fucking plays badly enough to lose it. That's Knowing kind of full... what happened with Reese Policeland, didn't wasn't it? Yeah. Back when Reese Policeland in 11, when he was... Good, you know, he was actually oh, good. Go. Yeah. Great, yeah, he got he got well, given the shirt. He's not terrible yeah. now, but you know what I mean. When he yeah. came through and was great, he got given the shirt. He said, "Well, no reason yeah. why you can't keep he, it." There was you know? he was not supposed to be starting at ten no, no, for no. Wales, you know. He, you know, in that warm up game, he got moved from full back to ten because uh, somebody got injured in the warm up. Memory says, um, and then it's yeah, just go with a hot hand. You know, we've got three potentially international caliber flight offs in Patchell, Anscombe and, and Bigger. We know all know what Bigger can do and it's a very useful thing to have. But yeah, what just just by the end of the tournament I want him to have committed to one of them, I would like to think. But that's it. Yeah. There so you go. That's, that's Wales. You mentioned France there. Let's talk about France. What's going well? Yeah. The, the scrum's still a monster. Uh yes, defence is still very good. Defence is good. Distribution Bastero. The future. I mean, that it, it is, it's shocking, and yeah. I still don't entirely believe it happened, but it is good. I mean, it was only Italy, and it was at home, but he was still yeah. quite outstanding on the quiet. Um, what's not going well? Well, where to start, really? Uh, <laughs> game management, management, yeah. games, um, yeah. endurance, having a single clue on how to exit their own 22 sensibly. That's something yeah, they're significantly yes. struggling with. Um, and the whole selection thing, which brings me back to who's been playing well. Camera played well versus Italy, who came in because other people got kicked out. Yeah. Teddy Thomas Teddy has Thomas been playing brilliantly, well. and he's dropped, and yeah, he continues dropped. to be dropped. <laughs> Fucked himself, let's yes. be honest. Um, Bastro, but for one game against Italy at home. Mm. has played pretty well, actually. Mm. I mean, he's no Baptiste Saramba than who is. Well, exactly. Girardo is continually just is a sort of lightning rod of excellence amidst a sort of landslide of terribleness that goes on all around him. He's basically like a living rugby-related Jack Kerouac novel, isn't he? He's just like... <laughs> it's just a const, a, a, an almost... Un, an ordeal that's almost unpleasant to watch. <laughs> yes. uh, but he's just carrying on and carrying on, bless him. Uh, key players moving forward for me, Mashino, if he keeps playing the way, is in boxy. So, I mean, he's here to stay. So he has to start playing in a way that gives him some shape. Well, so, Yeah, it, it is it's none more French to veer from a 19-year-old fly-off or whatever the fuck it is um, to, a thir- yeah. to a 35-year-old fly And there's nothing in between. There's nothing of an... Acce- you know, there's no fly-off of an acceptable age in France. They're either... So young that they haven't even started shaving yet. Minutes of selection or... meeting. Somebody suggested picking somebody of a normal age in a sensible yeah. position. He was yeah. asked to leave and not return. 
Some somebody suggested picking someone maybe in their mid twenties who had a couple of hundred club games under their belt, and we thought that was a silly idea. He was told to get back to I don't know where. He was told to get back to Leon, where he's type of tolerated or something. Yeah, um, I don't know if that makes any sense in French. No, just trying to, uh, in France. Yeah, so that's France. I need to rattle through these now, but. Um, Yes, we really should. Um, so uh, I've been tasked with, we asked, well, you asked me to talk about Scotland, which yes. is uh, level with you, a bloody pleasure. Um, <laughs> should we? St- what's been good then? Um, for Scotland, they're still in the hunt. Yes, that is There's good. two games left and they could still win the tournament and that's not something that they've been saying much for the last couple of years, is it really? No. Um, what else? Finn Russell appears to have found himself again? For this week. Of. Like, after a shocking start, he put it all together against Wales and Scotland's game came to life again. But um, the question is how... Can he back how... it up? It's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's the sustainability, isn't it? Yeah. Um, glacial Greg isn't so glacial anymore. That is good. Uh, right. He's got more pace to his delivery than he's probably ever had in years. Um, John Barkley's remembered not to put his hands on the floor before competing at the breakdown. That's good. Uh, Hugh Jones, obviously. Best That's very in the good. world, probably. Yeah, um, and the front row's shown up well as well. I think like That's it was true. supposed to be this Achilles heel of theirs, um, but they've shown that even if they don't have depth to dominate, they've at least got depth to not be um, absolutely fucking mullered. And I think Marfo's back this week, isn't he? In a couple yeah. of years. You know, they they've showed that they you know they can be down to their third or fourth choice prop. You know, when everyone laughed when Marfo their... came in in the autumn. And now yeah. it was like, oh, brilliant, Marfo's back. It's Marfo's back, yeah. <laughs> um, what's been bad then? Well, the Wales game in its entirety. Yes. Um, they'll say that's a blip, but that's two years on the bounce. They've gone away from home for a big Six Nations away game. And I can't they've think of absolutely any... shat the bed, haven't they? I can't think of any games where it started to go badly for 15 minutes and they've managed to completely turn it around. Yeah, it's an issue. It's, I could be wrong, but I can't think of it on the top of my head. No, and Ireland next week is going to be a very big test of whether they've got the minerals to actually perform away from home in the Six Nations mm. in a big game. Um, big test, yeah. And we'll see. Um, uh, what's been bad, it's kind of, I said he's been good that he's found himself, but what's been bad, they need to accept that Finn Russell is who he is. He's mercurial. Hmm. And that means he will be fucking magnificent one week and he could well be utterly terrible the next. And there's no real way to it's trying tell to, which... It just needs to narrow the wave pattern. Yeah, well, in Scotland a, can't... In a way, you, they... you could lose 10% of the top end of his performance if it just meant you got you didn't get 40% yeah. of the bottom end of his performance. You know? Yeah, or they need, you know, they need to add more general structure. Like, you can't roll the dice like that every week if you want to compete for championships. You can't, and... They need to either add a bit more structure to their game to ensure that when he's having an off day, the wheels don't totally come off. Or they can sort of just basically quietly hand the decision-making over to someone like Peter Horn. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Peter Horn will help with that. Or at least he should be given yeah. instructions to help with that when it's not... Um... Yeah, they need to just legislate for it because he is who he is. And on his day... planning. Yeah, he's probably the best, you know, he could, he's one of the best fly-offs in the world. But... On his off day, he is an absolute fucking liability. So, yeah, they can't. It can't be this boom or bust thing. They've got to find a middle ground, like you say. They've got to just chip the bottom and the top off and try to find somewhere in the middle. And and the final thing is that pack, as well as they played against England, 
it still looks a little bit lightweight to me. It's not frightening, is it? No. I can't help but feel like they're a couple of big ball-carrying forwards away from being a proper mm. team, you know, and yeah. a team that's going to win every week and can go to Dublin and scare them. Yeah, a complete number on England last week in the pack. You don't, you're not filled with confidence that will happen consistently. No. It's like when Wales go to Ireland, like... Well, regardless of what happened in the game, which was an insane game that made no sense, um, Ireland knew full well that they were going to, they were in for a war. Mm. And, you know, all of the other fancy dance stuff around it, or it, you know, they knew that they were going to have to bring their A game in the forwards because Wales will bring, and it's the same when England come to, or go to Ireland yeah. or go to anywhere. When Ireland go anywhere, you know you're going to have to beat them up front first. And Scotland, they can play really, really well, as they did against England, but I just, like you say, I don't think they're scaring anyone. I genuinely I don't. If Gilchrist and Wilson keep playing the way they're playing, and I don't mean the whole yeah, official yeah. hand thing, I mean, but generally I do think that they have a chance of doing it, and, and Gilchrist has been really impressive every week, but yeah, I'll take yeah. So that's Scotland. <coughs> yes. Italy. Yeah. What's been going well? Hmm. <laughs> They've not been completely humiliated. I mean, they have been quite humiliated. Much. <laughs> I said completely humiliated. Yeah. <laughs> they lost to France, for God's sake. It was in France. Yeah. And it, it was in Marseille, which is basically Italy. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the Marseillers think so, yeah. But oh, yeah. yeah. The second half attack was all right for the first couple of games, and then it kind of got turned on its head, apart from the Nazi scoring... Yeah, well, Monotzi's the good thing. The outside surely. backs are good, actually, generally. Yes. The back yeah. threes, you can work they with that. They quite good. They might have the slowest centres in the world, but they've got good outside backs. What's not Where's going... Campagnaro? Oh, yeah. Is he injured? I don't know, actually. Probably. Tell you what, we know how stuff me and you, don't we? The, um... Yeah. So what's not been going well? <laughs> defending how long any... have you got? Defending in any way that resembles an actual defence. Yeah, I mean, just defending. Remember when they were like really good at defending last year? And, shit or at least not defending. About it. They've got to get back yeah. to shithouse defending, basically. Well, they need to get Brendan Venter back to be an absolute <laughs> yeah. prick. That was clearly the X factor for them last season. I'll tell you what's not going well either. Sergio Parise. No, he's been fucking terrible. Somebody needs to basically slay that golden goose quite quickly. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm. It won't happen. No, it won't. But he should not be starting. Because he is a quality player, but there's a point in which now it's just like, I'm not sure what you're doing anymore. He's not offering anything of worth, as far as I'm concerned. And I bet they all hate him. Yeah, well, he's got that kind of, that thing about him, isn't it? You know, he's kind of the guy who's been yeah. there for so long, and he kind of, he's got a bit of the flash Harry about him. And, I don't yeah, think anybody, I, anybody, I'm, I'm sure O'Shea must know, but I don't think anybody knows what a paris future looks like. No, I imagine that terrifies them. Yeah. And I imagine it's something that Conor Murray's thinking, Conor my contract's up after... <laughs> oh, yes, my, my contract is up after the World Cup, and that is a problem for somebody else. Yes. <laughs> He'll retire we... then. I won't be yeah. here anymore. Yeah. How do Italy deal without their greatest ever player? Yeah, no thanks. I'll, I'll let somebody else pick up that absolute fucking... Well, to be honest with you, people said that when Troncon retired and when various other people have retired, you know, it's... They always find some... You know, Minotzi will be the new fucking great redeemer because look at him. He's wonderful. Troncon. But, but like somebody had put a... 
scrum cap on a potato made out of concrete. <laughs> a yeah. very ang- a very angry potato. And he had that kind of beautifully stylish sort of like should be on a wooden speedboat Diego Dominguez next to him, looking all sort of blonde <laughs> and feathered and beautifully twinkly eyed and Tronco next to him looking like looking like a cave troll that's escaped. Well, basically, it was like a movie star and his minder, who used to be in the forces, <laughs> yes, basically, was basically yeah. their vibe, wasn't it? Anyway, um, yeah, so who's been, yes. pl- who's been playing well? Uh, Minotzi's been playing well, as we've mentioned. Yes. We love him. He's uh, one of our new oh, favourites. Delightful. Sidesteps forever. Oh, just, <laughs> there is no problem that can't be solved by sidestepping out of it. At in least three way. times. <laughs> who else has been playing well? Bonnie in One Direction. Uh, yes. Usually for the first 15 metres or so after that, it all goes yeah. fucking wrong. Well, he's, he's not got a great deal of gas in the tank, has he? I like um, Negri in the back row. I he's really pre- like him, actually. I like, I like he him looks a lot. Very, he looks like the sort of player that they could build up to be the next Bruce Safer so that he can't fulfil any of his promise. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, they've got two years to ruin him. Yes, yeah, um, so I like, I like yeah. him. He's, he's, he looks like I'll the... tell you who's not been terrible is... Uh, Tommaso Allen has not been terrible. No, he's done all right, hasn't he? Which is, you know, genuinely quite shocking because he's if gen. Could, if they could just get that Castello to defend the thirteen channel with something resembling, <laughs> just you know, just anything in really. any way, yeah, him or Bonnie, just somebody, yeah. please, just defend that just channel. Stand in a stand in a hole. Just... <laughs> Do something. I don't know. Yeah. Um. And I quite like the scrum half Fioli. I think he, he needs to do mm. a bit more as well. So that's Italy. Do you want to finish with um, who we got left? Ireland. Ireland, indeed. Um, what's been good? Most things, if I'm honest. Like, yeah, they remain undefeated. They remain undefeated. They're on course for a Grand Slam. They've shown themselves to probably be the most well-rounded team in the tournament. Um, Johnny Sexton stayed fit. They're not actually fit. playing that well and they keep winning. No. Well, yeah. Um, Johnny Sexton stayed fit. And continue to generally look like the best ten on the planet, not called Bowden Barrett. Um, and they've shown massively enviable depth. Like mm. they've probably got what three players for each position, probably with the exception of fullback. I'd say they've got three players. Well, they have who... one fifty-year-old man <laughs> well, been on yeah. a sunbed. Yeah, and Jordan Lama, who's absolutely not allowed to play ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know they they. They they all look you know they've got three they're three or four deep of test standard players and players that look utterly comfortable, and they've also got the deepest pool of back row forwards any team in the world has probably ever seen. Um, it's it's yeah absurd and that's a big part of the reason why they haven't they're not struggling nearly as much as everybody yeah. else is. They lost Henshaw um, and that Farrell came in and just totally seamless. Was fine yeah. <laughs> totally seamless. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's not going so well. They've lost Gary Ringrose. It's it's fine, you know. <laughs> is he injured again? They lose. Uh, he's he's back now. No, they lost Farrell. They has Ringrose. Yeah, he has been. Yeah. Well, exactly. There we go. There you go. Yeah. A perfect yeah. example of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's not a bad. It's like a taxi rank with Ferraris and yeah. stuff on it. <laughs> it's a taxi rank with entirely with Ferraris with jacuzzis in the back with models <laughs> in them. Um, they've been and they've been very clinical on attack generally. Like, they. You know they've got opportunities and they've more or less scored them. They've not always been the best at creating them, but when they create them, they generally get points well, out got, of them. They've got a possession to points ratio problem, which maybe teams are a bit more together yeah. to play against and might struggle with. But actually, they're doing enough, aren't they? Yeah, and they really are fat. kind of thro- throttling 
teams. Yeah, they just they, that's the thing. They can play a very tight game when they need to, and they can win ugly, which is always a good sign when you're having to go to places like Paris and Twickenham to try and. They also win games. They have a stench of kind of luckiness about them, and I'm, and I'm not doing them down. They're playing nope. very well. What I mean is things are going like that um, interception try against Wales. You know, things are kind of. Going go, well, that's that, that's kind of what's been bad, you know, is that they're not killing teams off like they should do. They're not turning that dominance of territory and possession into dominant wins. You know, they allowed France to come back and probably should have lost that game if not for Sexton's miracle drop goal, mm-hmm. despite the fact that France did fuck all for like 70 minutes of that game all in. Well, they were just playing uh, rugby island, weren't they? One out rugby yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, they let Italy score a few tries and took the foot off in the second half. Completely I mean, that was, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. But still, you know, it would have annoyed Conor O'Shea. And then Wales, you know, let's not forget that they threw away a 15-point lead mm. um, in the last 20 minutes. And if Stockdale had jumped a millisecond later um, and come out of the line, then that ball probably goes into the outside channel where Wales got a three-on-one and score and win. Like, like you say, there's a sense they're they're riding their luck a little bit, and they're there's not a chance really they might in... put it all together. And I think it could come against Scotland, worryingly for Scotland. So I think it might do. They, they just haven't played for eighty minutes yet. They play for six, and it's been a, a big problem for Ireland over the last the whole uh, reign of of Joe Schmidt. Really, like Ireland have rarely put when they put in a full eighty minute performance. They beat the All Blacks. Yeah, they beat the All Blacks. They beat England. You know, they are probably the second best team in the world, if not the best team in the world. But the problem is that they tend to play for about 60 minutes and then switch off for 20, either at the start or at the end or somewhere in the middle. And it allows teams to hang around and it allows teams to kind of get a sniff. And and it's it's not really... Yeah, it, it... it seems churlish to talk about a team that's won as many games as they have, you know, and is, is on course for a Grand Slam to be sort of, they're not winning games as impressively as they should do, but they should do, you know. Hmm. They've got, you know, they, they're they obviously missing players like like Gary Ringrose, you know. Who wouldn't miss Gary Ringrose, no, you know? Yeah, who wouldn't miss Ty Furlong? Who wouldn't miss Ian Henderson, well, you know? Well, they're it's, both it's, back for this weekend, and so is Ringrose. Yeah, so Ringrose, so... And yeah, and the other sort of thing that hasn't gone well, I think, is kind of a, a it's all this Joe Schmidt having silly spats with the press. Like, yeah, because things are going quite well for them. So things why are going being, really yeah. well. Why are you creating aggro? It's like chill out, mate. It's all fine. Um. So, there you so go. yeah, yeah, but I, you know, I think they're probably going to win a Grand Slam. I think they're almost definitely going to win the title. Um. But yeah, they're, they're still not a perfect team. But it just shows that this this Six Nations is a a battle of a lot of good team. Well, three good teams with fairly big issues. Mm. Not none of them. Put, it's just Ireland are comfortably the most put together of the three. I'd say. There you go. We move on. We finish. We do. As we always do with the shit good races. Before we start, Hugh Davis got in touch on the Facebook page this mm. week. Asking, actually asking, you've had a link to the songs that we do sometimes. Oh, Jesus. It takes all sorts, doesn't it? And he then <laughs> said, also, what happened to the jingle for the shit good ratings? Oh, I fuck, love we that had one. one of those, didn't Keep, we? And I said, well, I actually don't know where it is. And I've forgotten that we used to do it. But just for <laughs> you, Hugh, because this is episode 101, here it is. You dug it out. The shit good ratings. 
the only radio system that matters. I kind of feel like that's from a bygone age before your production values got quite so you know, <laughs> three-dimensional. Yes. Yeah, I mean, this this was not from, you know, the days of you making, you know, fully featured orchestral productions of, you know... <laughs> with reverbs a lot, yeah. Yeah, Anyway, yeah. shit good ratings. So we start with shit, as we always Yeah, do. I haven't got many of these, to be honest. Shit, number one, we briefly touched on it earlier. Shit is the WRU board. I yes. get it. The turkeys are not likely to vote for Christmas. However, Martin Phillips and Gareth Davis have been attempting for months now to streamline this board from 20 bloody districts to, I think it's, they want to cut it in half effectively to make it less less unwieldy, less archaic, less prone to the fucking whims of a bunch of people who basically just lifers on a gravy train. And, you know, when, nobody's doubting that these people have been good servants to the game, blah blah all that good stuff. However, you know, everyone's doing this in rugby at the moment. The, the, uh, the RFU are doing it. The ARU are doing it. If you want to survive long-term as a professional entity, you've got to be able to be a little bit more dynamic and a little bit more... Just make decisions you know, quicker. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know... It would have been nice for these people who claim to love the game and to be, you know, the torchbearers of the game and, you know, keeping the game alive and all this fucking horseshit um, to actually go, you know what, for the good of the game in Wales. I'm going to give I'm up going my to, complimentary tickets. I'm going to give up my complimentary tickets and my massive load of stash, blah, blah, <laughs> and my massive gravy train. Um, so, yeah, apparently they're going to have to try and force something through that is not going to be nearly as wide-ranging yeah. and it's not going to turn you know the game in wales desperately needs changing governance because it's a fucking mess and unfortunately the problem is these people who think that they are preserving the soul of the game in wales and the community game and all that sort of stuff which is great but they'll be the only ones fucking left in 15 years time if it's allowed to carry on so yeah he is hoping that something positive comes out of it wise up yeah get your shit together Whatever we got the shit. Bath Bites got in touch. Uh, Bath fan page on Twitter. At Blood and Money mm. said, shit, the whole Quinns versus Bath fiasco. Loads of snow, game still on. Police advise nobody's travels, game still on. Bath travel, game still on. Bath can't get through, finally cancelled to be played on Sunday. And then Bath were an absolute shambolic shit show. <laughs> Apart from Zach Mercer. Well, this is kind of what we were saying earlier about, you know, it's all well and good you can you know reschedule these games because everyone's coming by bus but it isn't necessarily a great idea no you know teams are well-oiled machines and if they're preparing to play on a friday you suddenly tell them they've got to play on a sunday after a fucking hellish bus journey or whatever it's gonna fuck with your mojo it is but uh yeah speaking of having your mojo fuck with tom jed tom dare got in touch on twitter and he said, shit, rugby clubs firing directors of rugby in the hope it'll fix systemic structural problems with the club, then acting surprised when it doesn't work and trying to blame it on the on a player off on international duty who's only just got back from a catalogue of injuries and isn't taking risks right now. He's a Northampton fan, if you can't guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, are you... What's, is George North the problem here? I think we can all say... Yeah regardless of our feelings on the George North City, he is not the biggest problem with all Southampton at the moment. We've covered that. Another Good shit. Luck. Good fucking luck, Chris Boyd. Um, shit for me, London Irish. They cannot stop fucking themselves. Like, when you've got 
like you've barely got a chance of staying up anyway all right it's basically done and dusted so when you're playing at home to wasps who are a very good team and you score a try in the 75th minute that could give you a lead a don't miss the conversion for one but definitely then don't compound that by instantly giving up a charge down try to a hooker and throwing the game away and not only robbing yourself of a losing bonus point, but also robbing yourself of any chance you would have had to get a penalty, a drop goal or anything. They just, they're going to go down in flames because they just, they yeah. can't make good decisions under pressure. The game was at Wasps though, wasn't it? Uh, was it? Well, yeah. there you go. <laughs> there you go. I wasn't, I, I, I assumed it was at the, uh, Either way, it's all. It, it, it was in a soulless football stadium, so I didn't know which one I was looking at. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, just don't do that. Yeah, shit. Uh, Maria a Deuce, Maria Educed got in touch on Twitter. I don't know if that was right or not. Got in touch on Twitter I and said that shit is. Yeah, supporters moaning on social media about Premiership games during the Six Nations window. Yeah, stop doing that. Well, else you've got, yeah. got a season to get through. Yeah. Um, Ollie Davis got in touch via the Facebook page and he said shit, or it may be good. I'm not sure. Is that Ricky January, who has managed to gain even more weight, can still can manage to guide Argen to a victory against Montpellier this weekend? I love Ricky January. I love Ricky January for his absolutely complete disregard for anything. He looks like Mr. Happy from the Mr. Men now. Yeah. No, he basically looks like Augustus Gloop, you know. Or somebody who's been just literally tied up and fed butter. It looks like big. It looks like Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> but one of my like the three months that he gave the Ospreys in about two thousand and seven, oh, glorious. God, yeah, player. I forgot about that. Glorious. Do you mean good? Have you got any more shit? Uh, shit from the pen, GW. Um, mm. Haguara's defending and goal kicking. Um, Haguara's never change. Haguara just. <laughs> All we don't they care want, about we don't is want, We don't want core skills. Not interested. No, just fucking throw it about a bit, lads. They have not. They've had a summer off to think about how badly that went last year, and they've gone more of the same. I reckon they just like throw things away all the time. I reckon they're like picking up bags <laughs> and just launching them over their shoulders, and don't really know why. You're probably right. Uh, what have we got? That's let's move on to good. What have we got? That's good. Denny Solomona, hat trick for sale. Well, uh, yes. I mean, when you think about what we've been discussing about uh, Eddie's and England's attacking problems. He had four carries and gained 60 metres and scored a hat-trick. It was against That's... Northampton. I mean, it was against Northampton. Point of order. <laughs> yes, but you telling me that England couldn't do no, with some could, yeah. kind of that kind well, of spark. Look, I'm just, I'd, I'd be happy to have a link when he doesn't, doesn't stand in touch when receiving a ball at the end of a passing movement. Like Johnny May did last week. Look, I mean, <laughs> I know it's too. It might be a lot to ask, but yeah, yeah. So Dennis, at least he wasn't playing. At least he wasn't playing fullback. Well, um, good for me, Joe Simmons. Yes, Sam's little brother. Yes. Uh, key component of a ten. The Chiefs like playing behind that Exeter pack. Admittedly, not the hardest job in the world. Even but so, still for a young Saracens. lad against Saracens, fair play. That's. Promising. Look better and than Alex Lazowski, like... who was the coming thing. Yeah, well, I mean, if if there's one thing we know about England over the last couple of years is that 
they will find themselves a new future greater fly-off in the world flavor of the week roughly once every six months so marcus smith's time is yeah. is obviously passing now so well, he signed uh, his big deal he's not bothered now exactly he so his massive Joe, contracts he's sorted here's to you joe simmons and looking weirdly sort of a little bit too similar to your brother to the point where i couldn't and because you're quite stocky for a fly half struggling to tell the difference at times which um, I, I guess is a compliment another good was a. Uh... The player you mentioned last week when Mike was on, Blade Thompson. Blade Thompson. See the offload he threw for the Hurricanes? I did, I, I did actually. Not I was, only did he I, turn I up to... in that channel on that angle, yeah. he then fired a one-handed back-of-the-wrist bullet pass to his winger. I, t- I, t- I, I saw that and thought, yeah, you're fitting the scar, that's fine, mate. Yes. <laughs> like that will abst- tag burn, don't, uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> It's it's yeah. basically Blade yeah. Thompson. They've somehow found somebody who does everything that Tug Burn does, whether he, he does like it a as superhero, well. Doesn't he? Blade <laughs> he Thompson. already does. Yeah. So what's your what's your superpower? Offloads, mate. Yeah, fucking shit lines. <laughs> I don't know what that accent was. This More is what I don't. I think that one. Yeah, it was a bit. Um, good for me, uh, Tim Visser. Yes. I tell you what, Scotland not short of quality wingers at the minute, but the big former Dutchman. Crucial intercept try for Harlequins on the weekend, and again, just reminding everyone that he does—he might be quite limited in what he does, but what he does, i.e., being big, fast, and a very good finisher, he does very well. What else we got? That's good. Lots of people nominated Tulsa Vianu for his jinky, uh, yes, mystical well, run. Basically, whenever he takes the field, you should probably put him in the good column. It's getting him on the field has been hard in the last six or eight months, but like. Nothing just... beats that run by the American fellow, though, in the seventh. Oh, Perry Baker, good God. That's one of the best. He ran 128 metres for one try. And stepped, I think he stepped one person four times. <laughs> the, the best part of that is the bit at the start where they're so bewitched by his sidestep that he dummy sidesteps. And they all go anyway, and then he just runs straight past them. A dummy and, sidestep. Yeah, it's it's so cheeky. I mean, he's one. He's probably the. He's the best sidestepper best... I've seen since Wesley Two Scoops Berry, who won a oh, Gladiators that time. Berry, now it's talking. <laughs> oh. You don't know who he is, ladies and gentlemen. You'll have to look him up. But that lad Google could step. Him. That lad in the gauntlet. Holy shit! <laughs> they couldn't best get near him. They had big like yep. sticks and everything. They couldn't get near him. Anyway. What else He's in got? jail now, by the way. Where's he two scoops, Barry? You're joking. Armed, rob- armed robbery. God, he couldn't step Do you remember when he... No. Do you remember when he jumped over a car? No. Oh, you still did more than me. I just remember him being I was... Gladiators. I had, a... I had a vague moment when they were rerunning Gladiators on Challenge TV in roughly 2006, when I was a student, <laughs> obviously, um, where me and my housemates became utterly obsessed with Wesley two scoops, Barry, because... He was obviously an elite level athlete. Yes, had he and been he just... on an NFL roster at some point? <laughs> he tr- yeah, he tried and he'd never made it. And it's like, holy shit, how good are they? If you didn't fucking make it, such <laughs> you can come and like... t- take the piss out of gladiators like this. Yeah. How good was it? <laughs> he absolutely be? did. He made an absolute mockery of that show. A wooger, um, etc. A wooger indeed. But I feel the same when I watch Perry Baker. I think, how fucking good are the lads in the NFL? If you are not playing for one of them because he probably he's probably remember the, f- the playbook or something though it's Maybe. about more ability fucking hell I tell you but he, unlike a lot of those kind of um, sprinter turn or sort of former NFL players turned rugby players 
like Carlin Isles, you know, Carlin Isles is just incredibly fast. Fun to watch, but incredible. Like Perry Baker's become a proper rugby player. He can kick the ball. He can pass the ball. I don't know why they don't play him in 15s more, to be honest, because I fucking that, love, yeah. I'd love to see him play 15s. Right. But um, yeah, fantastic. Last... Also good. Yeah. Go on. Final good for me. Two actually quick ones. John Davis for um, getting in his 4x4 oh, yes. during the snow and ferrying doctors, nurses and patients to and from the hospital. What a lovely fella. Good. Good lad. Good lad. And also, fair play, Jersey Reds for uh, bafflingly beating Bristol at Ashton Gate wow, on the weekend. Yeah, they're in seventh, and they beat Bristol like 34-32 or something like that at Ashton Gate. They were ahead by about 15 points at one point. Um, it won't matter for Bristol because they're still 15 points ahead at the top of the table, um, and they've got, like, what, five games left? Um, hmm. Well, three games left, actually, something like that. But they can't Even they can't fuck that up. But, um, and no yeah. playoff this year, is there, of course? No, exactly. So once they've won it, they've won it. Um, Last good. Yeah. Frank Ridgen got in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud, and he said, good, is Falatau's clearance kick from his own 22 for Bath at the oh, weekend. Which I was, didn't see that. Which was, sure enthusiastic. which was a bright light amongst a shower of shit on Sunday. Yes, it was. We're going to finish on that bright light right now. Oh, my God, we have gone on for fucking ages. So, basically, <laughs> sorry, everybody, if you're still with us. We will speak to you all after the next round of Six Nations. Goodbye. See you, everybody. Sports Social Podcast Network. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu.